0: Welcome to Inside the Recording Studio. We have suddenly hit episode 30. That's kind of a milestone, isn't it? I I think. What do you think? It's a little bit for
1: us, right? Yeah, I think so.
0: I I agree. And essentially, it's like birthday 30, only we're having a birthday every week. (laughs) That's one way of looking at it, anyway. uh, How are you this morning? I'm doing, I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I'm hanging in there. I'm a little stiff in the neck from doing too many pull-ups last week, so bummer for me. That's a,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a firmly in the uh, first world problem yes. category, it most right? It certainly is. <laughs> yeah. No, I can relate to that. Um, not that I've been doing pull-ups here, but uh, the odd muscle pain and neck pain is... Uh, be a drag. Yeah, it's
0: a new thing for me unless I've utterly broken yeah. myself. Like I broke myself once or many times skiing, uh, surgeries and, and the like, but this is the first time where it's like massive, massive strain on my neck and it's like, ah, actually, I guess I came close to breaking my neck
1: too. <laughs> <laughs> Scheme. That, that doesn't sound like that, Yeah, that doesn't sound like something you'd forget. So, oh, yeah, remember that time I almost broke my neck? No, it doesn't ring oh, a bell. Oh. Well, you know, you know,
0: thinking about it now, it's probably why I have the neck strain from pull-ups, because I gave myself severe whiplash.
1: Well, there you so, go. Yeah,
0: bummer for me. Anyway, today we're talking about yeah. something that pushes and pulls on sound. We, we are. are. And it is the LA-2A compressor and its family of compressors that were by Teletronics.
1: Initially? Initially, yes. yes. Absolutely. And, and yeah. we're going
0: to go very far into its history and all that kind of fun stuff with it. So let's get started. Yeah, can, what do you think?
1: Let's do that. We're, we're kind of doing another kind of like deep dive like we did with the 1176 a few episodes ago. Yes. And, uh, People seem to like that one, so we're we're doing another one with the LA-2A here, and uh, hopefully we'll have some decent information (laughs) to share. (laughs) Uh, Fingers crossed. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, you never know. Um, But yeah, the the LA-2A, and the way I personally, there's there's no other reason than this, but but the way I think of this is almost – uh, I don't want to say polar opposite, but, but it's the opposite end of the spectrum compared to the 1176. And that I think that, you know, the 1176 could, is obviously a super fast, can be fairly aggressive compressor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the LA-2A, to me at least, is its counterpart, where it's, it's a slower tech. Well. Compared to the eleven twenty six, everything <laughs> is slower, but but it's slower. To, but it's a, a more, to my ear at least, a more gentle compression. So um, I think when you have a, a decent grasp, I would say, a, a of these two, um, you got a lot of bases kind of covered when it comes to your compression needs. So. That you do. I know. It, I do. I think so. So, w- w- what are your thoughts on? just the LA-2A sort of off the top of your head. I know you use them probably as frequently as I use an 1176. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so so um, is that your go-to when
0: you kind of- Not necessarily a go-to, but there are definitely things that I use it on more often than not.
1: Yeah, yes. such as? Vocals,
0: a lot. A lot of the time it is like my initial vocal compressor. And then it's yeah. also a lot of the time at the very tail end of all the vocal mixing that's going on too. A lot of the time, not all the time, not a hundred percent, but yeah. a lot of the time, probably eighty-five yeah. percent of the
1: time. Because yeah, because you use it on your vocal bus as well. I do. Right, don't you? I use
0: it in multiple spots yeah. as like kind of like a uh, steps of additional yeah. compression. dB here, QdB there, dB there. 3DB 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 there. 3DB yes, just as you just said. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's definitely a very popular one for me. I just like the way it does without making it sound like th- things are pumping. That's that's the big thing. Yeah. I, I prefer that it doesn't pump.
1: Right, yeah, and that is, um, again, w- w- the way I tend to look at it is it's a little bit more of its gentle nature. Uh, not that it can't be aggressive, but, but it's not, it, the slopes are a little bit slower. Uh, so it could be, you know, uh, more transparent. I suppose you can, you could say, in a sense. Um, yeah. So maybe we should go in a little bit in the beginning, then, where these kind of came out of. And uh, from my understanding, they came from broadcasting, essentially. I think it was like CBS that had the uh, or bought the first ones that are like that were just the LA two. The LA two. And that assuming the the original, original. Yeah. yes. Right. And assumption would lead that there would be like an LA one <laughs> as a prototype or something, but, but I do think that the LA two is the one that sort of started gaining a little bit of, um, um, the opposite of notoriety, but <laughs> in that everybody wanted one kind of thing in broadcast. And I think in those cases, it was, you know, LA, um, It's a linear am- or a limiting amplifier, right? Or uh, no, I'm using that completely wrong. Um, oh my god, I'm just drawing a complete <laughs> mind fart here. But what what, what, Get what actually Get on top is. of it, Chris. <laughs> yeah, um, but but it was for, for essentially just to control the uh, output of of a broadcast, right? What they sounded on, on the uh, broadcast mics and, and and keeping that. So it, it became. Um, a very popular thing. I think Gene Autry had one of the first ones that was really sort of like popularized it. I think. Wow. I think I read that. Yeah. Cowboy music. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But but so anyway, you know, long story short, they came out in, this is late 50s, I believe, when they started um, building these. And um, I think, you know, when... When was the day? I want to say it was early 60s when they became like a teletronics thing, and they started becoming more mass-produced here, um, I believe, and uh, eventually ended up being URA Universal Audio, right? Yes. Uh, the, uh, yeah. So uh, they th- came from that background, and uh, as a lot of things did, I suppose, with broadcasting. But uh, – um, they operate. They're an opto compressor. Yes, but actually, so, let's. Uh,
0: they are like tube ampl. Man, speech impediments this morning. Tube amplification is one way of right? putting That's it. That's easy for us to say, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so yeah. It, it, they use a photo cell to mm-hmm. do the gain reduction. So the it, it's essentially the amount of light, I suppose, is the way it is working that goes through this cell is determinant of how much the re- gain is going to be reduced on the signal that's going through the system.
1: Right, it, it goes by the voltage there, right? So the more voltage goes into it, um, it, it applies more compression. Yes. And but it uh, also had yeah.
0: like a, the, the, the readout thing would also light up a bit more as more signal
1: was going through, I believe. Yeah, so that that's uh, I I can't really speak for all the, um, the sorcery that goes into that technology. <laughs> but who can? Uh, I can't either. Uh, yeah, I'm not an engineer right. in that regard. Right. So, um, it had it. while well, it gave this very gradual. It wasn't like an abrupt type of a, of a compression. So it had a little bit more of a gentle slope because... Yes, of that, and, um, and
0: of course, being that it is opto uh, or photocell, photocells do not mm-hmm. react as fast as the silicone that is in the 1176, which is the
1: reason why it is a slower attack. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so given its nature, um, there were... Should we go into the, the different variations that there was like initially the on the gray one? Uh, yeah,
0: well, I, 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 I don't think that's a bad idea, but maybe we should also say in along with, before we get there. So we're talking about the yeah. fact that it has a slow attack and it is slow because it's using this opto photo cell uh, sensor for the gain reduction that's happening because it's got a slow attack. It also has a very gentle knee. So that's what makes it very, very unobvious that it's doing the compression.
1: Right. Yeah. That, that's a very good point to make because it's not like it just hits a certain value and then it's, oop, compression is applied. Right. So it has this very sort of gradual type of, yes. a, of a knee, like you said. Yeah. But now let's get um, into
0: a little bit of that history.
1: <laughs> even more of that fuzzy history yes. that we just, I think that was just perfect the way it was. Um, yeah. So it started here with, with the, um, the gray one. I believe. Uh, No, it's not the gray one. It's the LA two
0: with the tele. And the LA two kind of has a bluish tint to it, not necessarily gray, Um, but it is kind of silvery, bluey kind of color. And that came out in 1959, and it is also the one that has the absolute slowest attack of the LA two family in the early days. Yeah. So, and that one happens and, to be the one that I use the most at the final end of the the, the mixing spectrum. It,
1: <laughs> yeah, because you're the you're obviously the universal guy here. So, you have several instances of this in software form. Yes. So, um, right. Um, now putting you on the spot Uh-oh. here a little bit actually. But, but do you know how how slow that attack? Time I really is? don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, other than it sounds other good. Other than it sounds other really
0: good. It's, it's the slowest attack there is. Um, I wonder if I can find out that information, though. It doesn't technically say,
1: does it? I mean, Well, but I think also this is dependent a little bit on um, how, again, on the type of uh, input that you have and, and how – I suppose, how aggressive that audio is, right? So it is content-dependent, right? Yeah, well, but it has
0: a set compression ratio. So it's not like the ratio changes. It's just the amount that you apply to the actual signal that's coming in. So the interesting thing about how this actually works is
1: this. Because
0: I think it's a 3-to-1. It is a 3-to-1. All of them are Uh, 3-to-1. There might be newer ones that change that, but the actual original ones were 3-to-1. So, yeah. Uh the knob that does the reduction, which is called the peak reduction knob, I believe. <laughs> I never even right, look at yeah. it anymore. I just know it's the, the right side of the interface it's the right and one. you turn yeah. that and that's where you start getting your compression, and the left one is where you get your gain. So essentially what happens is is that you use the gain reduction knob to get your compression set, and then you go to the gain knob. Or your volume level, your such, and you set the volume that's coming out after that. I guess there's some yeah, people that, that might do it before, but I always do it after because you want to get the signal that's coming in is not controlled by the signal going out. So the gain reduction is set first, and then you set the value of the the level of the signal
1: coming out after. Yeah. Yeah, you come. Yeah. That's a really, really good point, an important point to bring up as well, because just like the attack and release knob on the eleven seventy six tend to be sort of backwards. Yes. When you look at, when you look at the interface of an LA two A, uh, we tend to think like left to right. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case with this one because the gain reduction is like you said that that's on the right. So that's how you set how much compression you yes. want, and then you can compensate that um, w- with a gain knob. So it's not like. In the case of the 1176, you, you control the amount of compression with the input and this sort of like gain knob, Yes. Right? But but the, here it actually is the… It's on the back end. …makeup <laughs> gain. Yeah, you can look at it as a makeup gain, yes. right, after the compression is applied. So, and those are the basic two… It's two. Knobs. Knobs its 2 knobs. I mean, knobs that's they really have, it. Yeah. Uh,
0: they, they do have yeah. uh, an emphasis knob, which tells the right. unit to determine at what frequency part of the frequency spectrum is going to cause the gain reduction to happen. So when you have it wide open, it's going to take it all the way from your lows, like your subs, all the way up to your highs. But as you reduce the emphasis and you bring it counterclockwise on the unit, it actually raises where the low end cutoff frequency is. And then it just allows for more of the upper end of the frequency spectrum to cause the compressor
1: to compress and allow the low signals to pass through. Right, so it's almost working as a side chain filter, if you will. It's not entirely like a side chain filter, but but it it goes all the way up to 1K actually. So it can leave a lot. A lot of the low um, end doesn't need to be getting compressed if
0: you don't want it to.
1: Yeah, or you could yeah, do the
0: old-fashioned way and throw an EQ in front of the darn thing. <laughs> Although then you'd yeah. be messing up your whole signal chain, and
1: yeah, so you, maybe you don't want to do that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so but, but that's um, those are functionalities. And I remember, you know, that that can have a very very dramatic effect on your on your compression yes. because if you have a lot of low end information in the track or or whatever instrument you're putting this on. Um, that easily triggers, well, any compressor, right? So if you have, if you you get undesirable results from that, roll off some of the the low end, and you might get a little bit more gentle compression, perhaps to to suit just to the high end,
0: whatever is really pike uh, spiking at the at the top or or the upper end of your frequency spectrum of your instrument. Yes,
1: right, yeah. So um, it is. On the surface, and I, I don't really like the, the saying because I think it um, it almost seems like derogatory to to any <laughs> user. But when, when, but when you're talking about it's really easy to use, it, it sort of has to my ear. It has this connotation like, "Don't you worry your little head about this; you'll be able to figure <laughs> it out." Type of thing, right? <laughs> but um, it is real easy to use. That's what makes it, it so It is awesome. real easy. Right. Yeah. No, in this case it is. But that's, again, that's um, under the assumption that you know what you're trying to go for. Yeah, there is that. There is that. Yeah. And that's why people Um,
0: are listening. They're trying to
1: learn about this stuff. Hopefully, Hopefully, and hopefully they they, uh, import. I I learn something every episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Um, so we
0: kind of covered the real base or or the basis of the LA-2. There are two other main units from early on in the LA-2 family that had also occurred. In 1962, they introduced the LA-2A, which is what most people Mm
1: -hmm.
0: call these things now. Uh, yeah. As we were just talking about, the LA-2 was the original unit.
1: And joking, and of course, that, that there I might th- not have
0: been an LA-1, but yeah.
1: Right. So, um, But I do think that's where, and I could be wrong on this, but I do think that that's when it became Teletronics that, that took over the manufacturing. No, it
0: Teletronics, output.
1: 1959. Yeah. Really? See, there you go. That's the fact that I learned today. <laughs> there you go. So <laughs> um, the, second,
0: the second iteration, which came out in 1962 was a gray-faced LA-2A, and they changed the name to Mm -hmm. LA-2A. They also increased the speed of the attack response on the LA-2A gray-faced interface. Uh So it was not quite as slow as the original LA-2, but not as fast as what some units are today. Right. So they call that their medium attack response uh, unit at this (laughs) point. (laughs) And it operates very much the same way. It has a gain reduction knob on the right-hand side and then a gain uh, makeup knob on the left-hand side. And it also has the emphasis knob so you can control what part of the frequency spectrum that you're using in terms of where you're going to take either the whole spectrum or part of the spectrum for your compression. So that came out in 1962. And a few years later... They introduced in 1965 through 1969. This is where it changed company names to Yuri. Okay. The LA-2A Silverface. Or the Silverfaced LA-2A. I guess that would be one way or the other. I don't know. All flavors flavors of the same thing. The same But this particular LA-2A had an even faster attack response. So, (laughs) while still slow... It is not as slow as the gray and definitely not as slow as the LA2, the original. Mm-hmm. And apparently, that kind of ended uh, in 1969. They put them out from 65 to 69 and then whoop, done. Um, and then around 1999, they decided, let's start making
1: these things again. <laughs> yeah. I do think that they had um, a couple of, of short periods in both the 70s and the 80s when they did a limited run of these. Again. Wow. Okay. Yeah, uh, but, I did not know yeah, that. Yeah. 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 But, but, um, th- they so sort of corrected. started, put, well, you <laughs> see, we both learned <laughs> something today. Right? Um, but, but then, yeah, they, they came out with, with universal audio and I've making them again. It's right. Right? sort of like you, you can, you can go and actually buy one that is new uh, at this point. Right? Sure. So, but um, I guess
0: I'll, I maybe in the period of that, what you're talking about is that, they apparently allowed people to clone these things and you could buy <laughs> clone kits and you can still get these clone kits now oh yeah 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 so you can build your own LA2A if yeah.
1: you really if wanted you're, to and if you're handy with, <laughs> with a, a soldering, soldering iron and a few other things yeah um,
0: but yeah. apparently the companies that you can get these clone kits from now is like analog vibe product because Warm audio. Okay, warm audio. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, so yeah, I, I yeah, haven't so been, been that those handy kiss- with doing
0: it, but I could see maybe taking it on as a project at some point, but why would I do that? I wouldn't. Well,
1: maybe. yeah, I, I think it, there's, there's one of those things if you're sort of an aficionado and you like, and, and there's something to be said for the tactile feeling of just like turning actual physical hardware knobs. There is that now. Mm-hmm. Um, the the benefit that I think and I'm sure you'll agree with this what when because these are obviously abundant in software form as well. Yeah, right? there's lots of people but, doing them. But, right. But the uh the benefit of you can have as many as your, your dog can handle or your, your computer can handle, right? If you if you're building a clone and you have that one clone, you better choose wisely <laughs> what track you're gonna use that on, right? <laughs> Because, yeah, there's no, oh, get the lead vocal, fantastic. Oh, maybe we should put it on the BVs as well. (laughs) Okay, now you got to run out and do another one. Or you do, you know, you print the process and all this kind of stuff. Right, yeah. Um, So an obvious thing to point out is obviously the flexibility of having it as many times as you you want in in the software form. So um, we mentioned... Well, you mentioned there uh, that there are several kits that you can buy. But uh, in the software world, you know, obviously Universal Audio, Waves, Brainworks has one, Native Instruments, T-Rex. There's a multitude of companies that, that actually have one. Well, um, even Logic being a, even Logic has an oh, emulation
0: yeah. of it in their Logic compressor as well.
1: Right, so. yeah. So there's, there's, you know, everybody has one. Um, <laughs> Now, it, it, now, when I say everybody, uh, it's kind of ironic because I'm, I'm as you, if you've listened to this before, you know that I'm a Slate user. I'm a big fan of, of their product. Don't have a straight up LA2A emulation in, in the bundle. There are curses, Slate. Curses. That, <laughs> yeah, that, that's what's holding me back. Um, you hear that, Steve? There are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's he's heard that one before. <laughs> when are we getting an la two A? When i feel um, like it. Yeah. Well, um, priorities, right? But, but there there are compressors in the package that that can do that. A very very similar type of, of uh, sure compression. Sure, yeah. So, um, but but widely used compressor, obviously. Um, you know, pretty much anybody. If you've never used one, try it out. You know, see, see what you think. If your logic user pulled it up, uh, what is it called in logic? They're calling it the, because uh, it's in the compressor. And what do they actually call it? Now I'm going to make some clicking <laughs> noises here because right, I click. I got to get
0: on top of that. I, uh, I, I'm going to. I'm just going to reiterate this fact that it is very easy to deal with. You know, as you're talking yeah. two knobs plus the emphasis, if you're really trying to figure that out. Um, the odd thing, though, is that a couple of the versions of it. Do have the ability to quote unquote switch into limiting phase, but eh, why use that when you can use an actual limiter?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, there 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 is it's that. It's very good that's at the, its compressions.
0: So that's the only. Re- I never use it as a limiter. I always use it as a compressor.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I I don't either. And then it's I, I believe it's actually hundred to one, the the uh, the rate for for limiting. So so you want to talk limiter? That that's yeah. That's that's pretty hardcore. <laughs> um, right now, I'm not able to pull that up because we're actually tracking the podcast at the moment. So Logic doesn't like it when you pull up extra plugins during tracking. So, uh, um, Screw it. But, but I do think it's called... The, uh, I'm trying to visualize it in front of myself right now. Uh, well, bottom line is that it, it's there. Um, w- we'll put a little note on in the podcast notes here, what it's actually called. I think uh, we'll do that, uh, what it's called in Logic. But um, again, with the Logic air quote here, emulations, they're not dead on emulations for whatever hardware product like they have for the Focusrite or the 1176 or the SSL uh, compressor, but, right. but more in the style of... Of this, right? Cuz cuz there are more knobs on there. Obviously, you can still control the uh uh imp or the attack and release time, I think, right. on on the logic version. So
0: Yeah, that's kind of a crazy thing. But uh before we get a little further into discussing anything more about this compressor, let's take a moment to have a break and speak the words from our sponsors. All right, so moving on, let's look at some of the different ways you do use it, because we have mentioned compression, and mm-hmm. uh, we've talked about the – well, we didn't talk about it, We briefly mentioned the fact that you can do some limiting on it. Yeah. And – Which uh, – Yeah, so let's let's kind of dive into that just a little bit. The compression ratio, as mentioned before – is a three to one. Mm -hmm. And I did mention that I never really use it as a limiter, but you just mentioned that when it is a limiter, it is a hundred to one. And that is correct. Uh, The attack time, we uh, were a little bit fuzzy on a moment ago. It's (laughs) actually 10 milliseconds. That's the attack time for this. It is a 10 millisecond attack time, which is not very speedy speedy but it's it's not not slow slow either either. um yeah and i'm not sure if the tack time is the 10 milliseconds on the la2 or on one of the variations of the la2a but i imagine that it between the la2 and the 2as it's not going to be drastically different you're probably talking a millisecond between the slowest one the middle one and then another millisecond between the medium one and the fastest one i don't imagine it's super different
1: yeah. I don't, I don't, I mean, we could obviously be wrong, but I don't think it's the difference between like one ten and 50. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think it's, it, it, yeah, it's a little bit of a different window. And I think that's probably, um, well, I think I'm just guessing here, but I'm thinking that has everything to do with the actual photo cell right. that was being used in there that, that it would have worked a little bit differently. And, um, won't again would assume that they were striving to get a certain sound out of it, and um, and they did it. Therefore, so just these little <laughs> changes. Yeah, yeah, right. And they succeeded in that. Yeah. And
0: one thing we um, have not yet mentioned at all about yeah. this unit, the release is the release time. The yeah. release time. This is kind of interesting. It is, it is very interesting because the release time is a, right. a hard set sixty milliseconds for the first fifty percent. Of the signal. Yes. And then Uh it's very gradual for the next 50 cent, uh, 50 cent, 50 percent. (laughs) 50 cent is not an LA-2 or a 2A. So no
1: for 50 cent. (laughs) We sound a little bit like we've been been drinking. saying content dependent a lot today. And and having uh,
0: too many shots.
1: (laughs) mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, We apologize. No. Yeah. Too much nonsense, but oh well. Yeah. So it has, but, but that, what does that mean then? Well, that that contributes to the fact that it can be a very transparent uh, compressor, right? That that it has a very very gradual um, release, right? And um, and I think you know we mentioned knee, although that we can't set the knee here, but it is it is very um, smooth. It's very smooth. So so the way that it grabs the compression, it's not like it just grabs on of it really, really quickly. Like you mentioned before, it has it. It it goes.
0: I could say something real derogatory right here, right now, but
1: I am not going to do it. Do it off camera. Yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So with those characteristics, where do you like to use it? What, what's your favorite use? You mentioned vocal so that that's a given right but, but what else do you like to use it on?
0: Uh, I have been known to use it on bass. I've been known to use it on guitars. Uh, on a rare occasion I will use the silver face version on drums
1: mm-hmm. on a bus on or a, individual generally shows. on the bus generally yeah.
0: on the bus yeah.
1: Okay. That's just me. And that it, right. No, but I'm, I'm curious because you mentioned guitars. Yeah. I I've used um the LA2A. I I like it on bass. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one that I like to do on uh bass as well as the LA3A, which is we're not talking about that today, no. but um but on guitars. Yes. What what kind of what kind of guitars do you like to use that? Generally on? the cleaner sounding guitars. And yeah.
0: I the reason for it is is Guitars, for the most part, depending on the amp that you're using, and especially if they're distorted, are already compressing themselves in the manner of the sound that it is. So there's not a heavy need to do anything that's really going to clamp and gain on most of the time.
1: Uh, That's true, yes. Unless
0: you're really trying to pull out a pick attack. And then if you're doing a pick attack, you're not using the LA2, you're going to be, or the 2A, you're going to be using something much more aggressive like the 1176. Uh, Right. However, I'm not always in need of pulling out the pick attack. And I just want to even out the sound a little bit. So if the performance is a little off, then you just throw a little dynamically. Dynamically speaking, you want to just kind of rein it in just a little bit. Then the LA-2 is a really Mm -hmm. good compressor for this. Because it's very gentle. You don't notice it very much.
1: And it just kind of reins that in. Kind of massages it in. Yeah. So are you talking about a guitar part that might be, um, let's say, a, a strumming guitar, or are you thinking more of like an arpeggiated bit, or are you just thinking like overall, no matter what kind of um, type of, of guitar track it is, do, do you find that your usage will change dependent on that? It's
0: yes, very much program dependent.
1: Yeah. Okay. Cheers. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Interesting. Because I find it, I use it, if I use it on guitar, it tends to be more on my guitar bus, perhaps, Mm -hmm. and much for for the same reason where, where, you know, it might not be huge dynamic discrepancy, but but you just kind of want to, you know, massage it, knead it in just a little bit more. Um, So I'm with you on that. Uh, drums, I've had varying results with it, depending on the performance kind of thing. But for me, again, the big one is vocals here. Yeah. Right? Uh, where I think you and I like to do them in different order. I think you'd like to go LA-2A well, into an 1176. Well,
0: I'll do it in various ways, depending on, again, the, the, the program material. Yeah, content. But about, sure. very often... As I'm tracking, I'm tracking with the LA-2 because it's slower okay, and it's going to be less noticeable, but it's still going to kind of even out that performance. And then uh, the first step may or may not be the other compressor that we've mentioned or limiter unit, the 1176, or yet another version of the LA-2 on the actual channel strip uh, set to... You know, only take a couple dB off. It, it, it's not much, yeah. one to two dB. And usually I'll use the silver or the gray for that. Then, if that's going to a bus, that bus will probably have another version of the silver Sorry, or gray. The, the same. Thing, and yeah. set mm-hmm. again for one, maybe two dB of reduction. And then, generally speaking, with my mixes and the template that I've created <laughs> for my yeah. madness, uh, that vocal sub will end up having the LA-2 again more often than not. Not always. Again, this is program dependent. And a lot of the time for something that requires more aggression, I will go with the 1176 or a distressor or something of that nature. But when we're talking about the LA-2, man, that's just a good go-to. So you do slow in
1: the beginning, a little bit faster in the middle and slow in the end again. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, it, it's the and the uh, repeating theme there that we keep going back to is in stage In stages. Right. Where, where it's, uh, it's very easy to, I know I was definitely guilty of this, you know, when I first started learning how to mix and, and, and trying to just jump in um, two feet here and try to do something. It, it was not uncommon to just like have one compressor and then just compressed it. Living (laughs) the shit out of it. And then you wonder why, you know. Where'd all the life go? Yeah, exactly. So doing things in stages and and just like with last week's episode when we talked about EQ, how no – why you're doing something and why you're putting a compressor on here. Um, it's very easy now that we mentioned that we have all of these tools and software. And to be able to use that, them in
0: multiple instances.
1: <laughs> right, but, but it's like, okay, well, I have this, so I, I, I just put, put it on, on. I got to put an on. E- <laughs> yeah, and in some cases you, you don't, like you mentioned, like distorted guitars. Yep. Uh, depending on the performance, but but the sound of a distorted guitar itself has very very little dynamics yes. to it because it's it's distorted. Yeah. That's what that that kind of does. So, do you need a compressor on that? No. Nah. probably nah. not. Nah. So nah. Um, I feel like the neat, my point, th- the Knights that say
0: nee nah.
1: nah. Yeah. This, <laughs> <laughs> what Sorry. Times are these where you can see the knights say nee to a defenseless right. woman, um, but. Um, yeah, so applying a little bit in stages, um, I think, is um, definitely you, you get the sound that you want in the long run. But but it's a lot more transparent, so it doesn't sound like you're just running into a brick wall, and then it it like you mentioned sucks all the life Sometimes out. Sometimes running it. into it a brick performs. wall
0: is not a bad thing. It's just generally speaking, you don't need to do it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, if it's an effect, right? That's what you right. want, right? You want that. You know, smash me right in the face, make my face flat. Yeah, (laughs) I I have a great example. There there was, you may have heard of this band, uh, but there was a Canadian band called Harem Scare. Yes, I've heard of them. Yeah, on their, I want to say it was the second album, um, an album called Mood Swings. If I'm not wrong, Um, there was one of the songs. Now the track escapes me. I think was called just in the world something like that but there's a vocal break where the vocalist obviously projecting like and he's hitting all these not and it just pow, you just hear the compression just dr- just gripping that and just crushing it and it's just like it's a cool effect it sounds awesome in the song mm-hmm. but um, not something that you'd want on your entire track. So be careful with those levels, uh, I suppose. probably, I have not
0: heard this, but I'm going to posit a guess that they didn't track it with that compression. They probably put
1: it on in the mix stage. Ab- I'm, I'm guessing so as well. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we've talked about, excuse me, I get a, <clears throat> excuse me, I get a, frog in my throat uh, you're um, breathing your beard <laughs> is that what it is i'm just yeah, guessing it could be yeah could be um so we talked a little bit about the usage how it's it's a simple compressor to use it can be they, very simple yeah. yes <clears throat> can be yeah to dial but it in well again
0: takes it's like a, that what was that game called othello minutes to learn a lifetime to master <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's necessarily that bad no, with this, no. but um, there we go. But um, on that note, I think we should roll into our Friday fine segment. Oh what do you think, Joey? Really?
0: Yes, All right, then. I think
1: we should. Cool. So um, as I usually go first, I'm going to grab it and I'm going to go first. You do that. And uh, this week my find would be a guitar amp sim from a company called ml sound lab Uh-oh. and it is a emulation called amped roots amped roots yes um, so this is kind of like it, a low
0: gain kind of thing for for rootsy kind of music
1: yes except the opposite of that it's high oh, gain. well <laughs> and, and you it, told it's, me it's a, it's a super <laughs> Yeah, I did, yeah. Um, No, it's a really, really cool one. I have a lot of amp sims, but I was retracking a song this week and I wanted something to just kind of hit and I had done like a a drop tuning on a couple of chords here and there and I just wanted a different sound and I was like, hmm, I'm going to try this one out. And pulled up, pulled up a preset and it just, it was awesome. It it worked really, really well. So um, it got me thinking, like, hey, I should pull this one out more often. So um, I really liked it. They have a bunch of different amps that they're um, reasonably priced. And who is this again? Uh, ML Sound Lab. ML Sound Lab. uh, Yeah. And specializing it in, I would say, I think it's fair to say that they're specializing in a lot of the uh, higher gain kind of – amp sims. Uh-huh. um but but i like it i have a lot of that stuff but but what um, you're saying is you like a lot i do i did like this one a lot so um what do you got for us jody well i'll tell you please do i that's kind of what we do here <laughs> i am looking
0: <laughs> at a band called arizona Ooh! Music. Yeah, this is like this is something that I found that is pretty cool musically speaking, from a songwriting (laughs) standpoint. Awesome. And they have a song called "Problems," and that particular song struck me for, I guess, the fact that we've got 2020 going on. So just so you know, that's the year that this was recorded in. And if you haven't figured it out by now, 2020 has got quite a few of them. Um, This song is actually really quite cool. And there's moments in the tune where the singer is got this very intimate vibe going on. And then other moments where it's not quite as intimate. So for whatever reason, it is number one at the moment on my jam list on Spotify. Cool. So I'm digging it. I think you guys should check it out. It is a bit more in the pop realm than it is in anything else. And cool. so there's some pretty cool production value going on in the tune in and of itself as well, which makes it cool in my mind.
1: Absolutely. I do not
0: know how popular this band is. I don't really care because I yeah. think they're cool. So, Good, good music is good,
1: good music. Good music is
0: good music, exactly.
1: Regardless of style. And whenever you can find something... Um, even if it's outside of your wheelhouse, you can always learn something from a different type of songwriting or production technique that might make you go, hmm, I can probably try that in what it is that I'm doing. That is correct. So, so being exposed to new stuff, big fan. So I'll have to check that out as well.
0: Drew. Yes, it is a good song. So I recommend everybody out there to go, hey, check out this. And even if you don't like the song in itself, you probably should be studying the production because the production value on it is pretty darn cool
1: awesome yes i think that is a great note to end on today jody end on thanks for slumming it with us here today we do appreciate it (laughs) that's right and with
0: that we will say sayonara till next week or no better yet what you ought to do tuesdays you can get little tuesday Tuesday tips tips from us and the Mm -hmm. tuesday tip for this coming week will
1: involve dun 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 The LA2? LA2A. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, that's what we've been talking about. We'll have some sound bites from that and, and how we use that and what it sounds like on your track. That
0: is correct. If you haven't already done so, go to our website, inside the recordingstudio.com, and sign up for our mailing list. That way you'll make sure you don't miss any of our future episodes. Also, if you have a suggestion for a subject for a future podcast you want us to talk about. It drop us a line there, too. And with that, we will now say, have a good week.